Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Troche, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. So, how are you doing with your New Year's resolution? Yep, I went there. We are now eight days into 2023. And just a few short nights ago, we felt joyful, we rejoiced, and we optimistically declared that this year, we would become the best versions of ourselves. But if you've already messed up on your New Year's resolution, guess what? You're in good company. According to a study conducted by the University of Scranton, just 8% of people actually achieved their New Year's goals, while around 80% failed to keep their resolutions. Even more remarkable is the fact that most of those resolutions revolve around body image. Nearly 52% of those surveyed resolved to exercise more, while another 50% plan to eat healthier, and 40% of those people want to lose weight. That's roughly one of every two people have a resolution focused on body image or health. And again, nearly 80% of all those who even set a resolution in the first place have a tendency to fail. Why is that? Is it because we have terrible willpower? Or could it be that the balance between bodily health and spiritual health is tipped further one way than the other? I want you to really lean into this episode because today I'm chatting with Bill Donahue of the Theology of the Body Institute about the theology of working out to honor God. And just because New Year's Day is a great benchmark for new beginnings doesn't mean your new beginning can't start today. Bill, thank you so much for joining me again. It's really great to have you on the podcast, and I hope you had a really great Christmas and are having an awesome New Year so far. So far, so good. Thanks, Rachel. It's good to be back on for a part two, so happy to be here. So with it being a new year, you know, a lot of people tend to use this as like a benchmark for new beginnings. I read a statistic that this year, 52% of people are resolving to exercise more, 50% of people are resolving to eat healthier, and 40% want to lose weight. So it's pretty safe to say that a lot of us are focusing on how we look and feel this year, but maybe not so much the why behind it. So how do John Paul II's teachings on theology of the body play into why we should take care of our bodies? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'll go back to the stats first. It's uh, they're interesting, aren't they? At the Very. beginning of the year, you know, that one out of two people basically want to make a big change. Um, it's funny. I would think like, let's check in a month later. You know, exactly. Because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, the resolutions there, but then, as Saint Paul says, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. I guess that's what we're going to speak into, right? Like, I know I should. I should lose weight. I should work uh, at, at daily exercise, but I wanna. Exactly. Right? I know what I, I need wanna. to do, but yeah. uh. but sleeping in is really comfortable. Exactly. 
Yeah, the whole concept of exercise, and I'll be honest, I am I am not a um I I try, but I often fail myself, you know. I guess I'm the other one of out of the one of two people that are resolving, but um it does tie right into the theology of our bodies, it does tie into our faith. I mean, I just quoted Saint Paul, right? The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. There is this kind of um struggle between our like what we know in our mind we should do and and the body so this is all kind of a result of a fall that we say as catholics we believe uh and it's pretty much the easiest dogma of the faith to to teach right original sin because you just look in the mirror right we're all broken we all have a struggle it isn't easy i think john paul ii in his theology of the body would speak into this i mean he himself was actually an amazing sportsman i mean as a young boy, loved soccer, hiking, uh, kayaking. He was he was an avid skier. Wow! In fact, into well into his sixties, he loved to ski, and he would kind of scoot out of the Vatican whenever he could. Sometimes uh, under cover of like disguise in a little car. Um, <laughs> I had a legionnaire priest just tell me he actually was in a Vatican garage and saw the car that they would sneak off John Paul II in, so he could ski. Uh, he would acknowledge, you know, that this is this is good for us to do. This relationship between body and soul is a beautiful marriage. And, um, you know, you want to talk to your partner in a marriage. You want to have a dialogue. And so the marriage of our body and soul, yeah, what, what we do in and through the body is, is who we are. And it's important. You know, if you lay on the couch all day and binge Netflix shows and eat garbage, that's obviously going to trickle into your spiritual life. It's going to weaken your will, but if you say, "I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to do a rosary walk. I'm going to take a hike. I'm going to exercise. Uh, I'm going to watch what I eat." This too will affect your spiritual life. It'll bring those benefits of clarity, energy. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot to this, and I, I again I'll acknowledge I struggle with the discipline of exercise, but I I know it's a good thing, and I know that John Paul II, even in his own life, would show us that this is a good thing. Keep this dialogue between body and soul going. It is the marriage of body and soul in which we're made, and so it's important. That's a really great way of putting it, how it's a a marriage of body and soul, and quite literally one Mm. affects the other, because I am right there with you. I know Mm. I need to be getting up early and working out, and then there are some days where I'm like, well... I'm so comfortable right now, (laughs) but God doesn't ask us to be comfortable. So it's, Mm. it's a real push and pull. And, and Mm. I've noticed a lot, especially like in the social media space that health and fitness, there's a real push and pull between those who subscribe to body positivity or, or um, I've even heard Mm. it called body neutrality. Now, body confidence where you're, you feel comfortable in your skin, no matter what your size is. And then those who believe that that is actually an unhealthy way of thinking and it contributes to the rise of obesity and disease. What does the church say about our relationship with our bodies? We kind of touched on this a little bit. Yeah, you, you're you tapping again into something that is uh, cultural and trending, but is also deeply philosophical and at the root of being being human. The idea that, you know, hey, I'm comfortable and I don't need to change. I I love me where I am. That's sliding a little bit too far into subjectivity where there's no objective standards or norms. And that's, you know, my truth, your truth, and I'm happy here. And I'm just going to be this. That can slip into a sort of lethargy, you know, and uh, um, 
we say that our muscles atrophy if we don't exercise. That kind of attitude, like, eh, I'm fine. I love me. You know, that can turn into a kind of spiritual, psychological laziness too. I don't think it's actually good. It's too subjective. There are objective truths. Um, there is an objective kind of beauty, like a, you know, this is why, and, and some, we can talk about this this too, Rachel. Um, when you see ads for things, okay, I'm going to point this out and then we can unpack it. When you see ads, like I was just driving to work this morning and I'm seeing billboards, you know, and whenever there's a product being sold, it's typically not like a 300-pound chain-smoking person in their 70s who's selling the cigarettes or the whatever the thing is. It's usually a young, healthy, you know, 28-year-old with like really white teeth who's very well-groomed. <laughs> Why is that? You know, it's just a funny thing. You know, objective beauty is a thing and we should achieve, try to achieve a kind of healthiness and a presentation of ourselves that is conscious of these things, right? That there's an objective beauty. Um, this, this, this blends into the, the realm of like, how do you dress for church when you go to church? Well, God just loves me where I am. Do you see how that's a little too lazy, a little too subjective? There, there's a place for things. Present yourself, your body, your clothes, the clothing you wear does matter because this is the of the body. Matter matters. If you step into a space where people are well-groomed and conscious of themselves and trying to present themselves in an orderly kind of a way, you feel orderly, right? If people are just showing up in slippers and pajamas at the supermarket or, or church or the movies, there's something you feel like, that's diff- why are you doing that? Um, there was a book years ago called Slouching Towards Gomorrah. The title says it all, right? That our culture is kind of just has become so blasé about things. It doesn't matter. As if the entire world everywhere we go is our is our living room couch. There are spaces, right? There are places where we should look and present ourselves differently. Anyway, I'm kind of going off into the, the side margins here on that question. But again, matter matters and it's important. Absolutely. And I think this is kind of where I struggle with it is like, well, yes, I, I think that, you know, loving yourself where you're at is important, but, and I, I wish I could remember who said this quote, but it was, uh, he said, God loves you as you are, but not enough to let you stay there. Mm-hmm. Like yes. he wants you to strive for yes. holiness, for saintliness, for his perfection through grace, but it's, we can't loathe ourselves into holiness, if that makes sense. It's that negative body image. Yeah. I love that. We can't loathe ourselves into holiness. (laughs) There's another line, one, one step beyond mediocrity and we are saved. Mm. It's that idea. And, you know, even Pope Benedict who, uh, Oh my goodness. I'm missing Pope Benedict already. God bless him. He just, uh, passed on a few days ago, right? Yes. Pope Benedict said something you alluded to early in the conversation. We're not made for comfort. We're made for greatness. Absolutely. You know, it's, and that's the drama of human life. Like, you know, yes, God loves you as you are, but, but yeah, he, you're made for greatness. You know, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan and, and the Hobbit, the great works of Tolkien and Bilbo Baggins is this little Hobbit who's very comfortable in his own, little hobbit hole with his own little, you know, garden and his pantry full of food and his little schedule. And Gandalf, the wizard comes to ruffle up that control and that schedule and, and says, you know, I'm, I want to, I want you to share in a great adventure. But Bilbo says, you know, adventures make one late for dinner, you know, (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, but you need this. You know, Gandalf said, this would be good for you, Bilbo. And I think like the Lord is speaking to all of us and saying, I'm going to ruffle your feathers a little bit. Like, I, I want you to, be, I know what you're capable of. So the idea of, of exercise and fitness and watching what you eat and presenting yourself, this is part of like human maturation and, and spiritual growth, which is always connected to the physical life. Again, I, I, I'm not perfect in it. I slip and fall. I get lazy. Um, but I know every time I, I make that effort and I'm conscious, I feel different. I feel better. I feel more awake and alive. And I'm like, Lord, you're, you're, it's like the, it's like the scripture verse, friend, come up higher, you know, friend, come up higher. The Lord's always speaking that to us because he knows what we're capable of. You know, we're made for greatness. That's so funny that you say that because <clears throat> something that I've been trying to do over the last few years is like have a word of the year. And this year mm. I have a phrase and mm. it's from blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati, verso l'alto yes. to the heights. So that's so heights. funny that that's what you mentioned because it's like, Oh yes, we're <laughs> going there. We're going to the heights this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I love that discipline, Rachel, of a, of a word or a phrase, um, kind of like a mantra, you know, in the, in the Eastern spiritualities, I just felt inspired, you know, it's piggybacking off of that to, uh, to sort of end some of my emails or my messages with into the wonder, oh. you know, because I feel like that's my phrase to, to, you know, into the wonder. So it's always this invitation to something more, something mysterious, something uh, untapped, you know, the crest of the hill. So Frazzati, you know, he's a great example. He's right in there. Just keep going. Yes. So building off of what we just talked about, it seems like there's a really fine line between honoring or taking care of our bodies and obsession or it becoming a preoccupation which leads to vanity where we strive too hard for perfection you know we see it like you said we see it everywhere we see it on the covers of magazines we see it on social media it's all over cable with shows about you know who can lose the most weight and we're putting a lot of emphasis on our physical bodies rather than our spiritual bodies but if they're connected how can we make sure that they're both healthy yeah yeah, great question and great insight. This is uh, definitely a big stumbling block today where we're stuck at the surface level. You know, uh, the theology of the body of John Paul II reveals that the body manifests the person. Like your, your personality shines through your body. Uh, so we, we see already by that, like there's a hierarchy here. Like the spiritual life is the life closer to God. It's the higher life. Um, our bodies and our senses are the outliers that take the world into ourselves, right? But it's at the heart, the center, the soul, where we have this deep encounter with God, right? This invisible mystery. So, yes, of course the body is important. We are our bodies. But there is a hierarchy uh, to the spiritual life. So we, we get that vibe when we see this obsession with only the external or the superficial or the way I look or the filters on Instagram and all this. It's got to be perfect that, you know, you can say, OK, there's a beautiful body, but what are they thinking? Or what's 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 on the inside there? And you can encounter people who after five minutes of talking to them, you realize, OK, there might be a beautiful exterior, but there's it's just vapid. There's a hollowness. This person seems to have no depth. Right. It's all about the workout. It's all about what I'm eating. It's all about the fitness and what, but what this is going to pass, you know, there's this perpetual fight and struggle sometimes to stay young, perpetually young, you know, 
And sometimes when you see maybe celebrities or something who are well into their 70s, their faces appear to be in their 30s. But you can see, like, sometimes in the cracks shining through, like, that's actually a 73-year-old person, <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're dating or, or getting married to someone 30, 40 years younger than them. There's something in that uh, where you just, you react, it's like, there's something wrong here. This person is trying to fight the inevitable. Like, we are all passing. And I think that, uh, again, this balance of, like, well, yes, take care of yourself, definitely. But don't slide into an idolatry of your body, okay? Don't slide into this idolatry and this grasping uh, at perpetual youth, you know? Because you're, you're, again, fighting the inevitable. All things pass. Uh, there's a beauty to those who can accept the brokenness in the, of the body and the passage of time. I mean, think of like a Mother Teresa of Calcutta who uh, in her older years, right? I mean, just wasn't externally beautiful the way the culture presents beauty. But when you actually really look at her, her she, was more, she was one of the most beautiful women in the world. This little four-foot wrinkled mass in a sari was one of the most stunning women in the world. And she actually captivated the world. And I think schooled a lot of people who are getting stuck in this obsession with how they look on the outside. So yeah, there's there's definitely a hierarchy and a priority to uh, the inside. St. Peter, I forget the letter, but one of the letters of St. Peter in the uh, epistles, he says, um, he was speaking about to men and to women and to children, I think, and he was talking to women about, be careful of too much ornamentation on the outside. Like make the, the your, your personality, your heart shine. That is the true source of beauty, something like that. That goes for men too, of course, right? Right. So is taking care of our health and fitness in direct conflict with our spiritual goals or is it possible that they can work together? I say they can absolutely work together. We just have to recognize uh, that, that primary, right? There's a primary and a secondary. Why am I exercising? Why am I trying to stay fit? Um, is it so that I may better love and better serve and be a gift for my spouse or my, my family or whoever it might be? Um, or is it so that I can just really look good and have the most amazing social media profile, <laughs> right? Right. So there's a kind of examination of conscience that comes into play here. Uh, you, you can do both. It's just there's a primary and a secondary. And uh, so, so fitness and health and external appearance should be at the service of your spiritual life and, your, and, and the self-gift that you're meant to be. They can absolutely work in tandem. And I should say this, um, it's as ironic that you're, uh, we're doing this interview right now because next week I'm doing a second series uh, on Zoom with a group called Pietra Fitness. I've heard of um, them, yes. Yeah, pietrafitness.com uh, is their website. And they're just a wonderful group of people who are um, doing work with the trainers. So they, they lead people into exercise, fitness, um, through the lens of like the importance of the spiritual life, incorporating prayer into it. So do you see like right there, Pietra Fitness is one of these examples of, yes, you can do both. And they actually feed and help each other. And I have a friend, Lindsay Fullerman, who's one of our students at the Theology of the Body Institute. She formed a, uh, a ministry called Fit From Faith, fitfromfaith.com. And she actually works with priests and seminarians about their own exercise and discipline and physical health and appearance complementing their spiritual life and ministry as priests. So uh, Lindsay's, again, that's fitfromfaith.com. These are two amazing apostolates 
that are taking theology of the body and the importance of our spiritual life with God and how we live in the world as men and women and the importance of exercise, discipline, and fitness. Pretty cool. That's really cool. And I love that they're able to work so in tandem with each other and be able to show that, you know, like, like we said earlier, it's a marriage between your body and your soul. And if one's unhealthy, so is the other. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, real quick on that note, I, I just, I was thinking this morning, I was pre- prepping for this conversation. That whole marriage of body and soul, this Latin phrase came back to me from St. Augustine. This is so wild. 1600 years ago, Augustine had this um, insight, and he said, uh, in Latin, he said, uh, caro tua uxor, your body is your spouse. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, like 1,600 years ago, this, this theological understanding that the body and soul is, is in a kind of marriage. It's a spousal relationship. And again, bring, you know, follow that analogy through. Uh, marriages fall apart when spouses don't talk to each other, aren't open and attentive to each other. Sometimes we slip into a, a, a depression or uh, we start to feel unhealthy. Why? Because we're not in that harmony, right? Listen to your body. Sometimes um, you need a good walk. You need a good workout. You need to watch what you eat. And when you do it, you're in dialogue again, body and soul. There's a restoration. And then comes a transformation and a clarification, right? I feel better. I'm thinking clear. I'm sleeping better. Oh, interesting. Right, because you've reestablished the conversation. That's so funny that we keep mentioning marriage because on last week's episode, I interviewed Regina Boyd, who's a marriage counselor, a Catholic Mm. marriage counselor. And she talked about how most couples don't seek therapy until about six or seven years after the initial whatever was causing the initial problem. So they'll struggle with it for six to seven years. And I feel like we kind of do that to our bodies too. Like we don't start recognizing like, oh, maybe I should probably work out and eat healthy until we start having health problems. And by then it could potentially be too late. But if you were to, you know, get the help of a trainer or a nutritionist, you can repair the marriage between your body and soul. That's true. That's so, yeah, that's pretty interesting. We just kind of came up with that on the fly. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I must have said this, especially when I was dealing with my own health issues, like when we were trying to conceive and we were having problems, you know, Mm. oh, my problem is that my body must hate me. No matter how hard I try to be healthy, Mm. it never does what I want it to do. And I end up feeling broken. And at this time of the year, you know, like we said, it's prime time for those companies that prey upon our vulnerabilities. You know, they promise quick fixes, miracle pills, and extreme health and wellness strategies. Now, from what I understand and what we've been talking about, theology of the body focuses on how we were designed by God to function. So could we apply those principles to meet our health and fitness goals in the new year? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I am feeling that uh, that powerful phrase you just said about that hatred, you know, body hatred. <clears throat> I feel like, you know, expanding out from that, a lot of the, the gender dysphoria and the gender crisis that we're in right now is also like there are forces that are feeding into that. And so do violence to your body, change it, you know, you are not your body. When everything we're, we're taught in our faith and from John Paul II is no, you are your body. So it really is about a homecoming. All of the language should be about a restoration 
and a homecoming to our embodied life uh, because we you are your body uh, in our in our faith we talk about with original sin we referenced earlier right this fallenness that we all have there's these four ruptures which are all relational ruptures we're ruptured from in our relationship with God and we all feel that you know we're ruptured in our relationship with other people uh, we're ruptured in our relationship with the created world and the fourth is we're ruptured in our relationship with ourselves you know we're St. Paul talks about the good I want to do, I don't do. I do the evil that I that I don't want to do. God help me. Who can deliver me from this? And it's like the, the answer St. Paul comes, it's Jesus can restore me to God, others, myself, and the created world. So when, we talk, when we're talking about health and fitness and all this stuff, it's not just like, well, yeah, if I have time. No, you have to make time. And again, don't obsess about it. Just in the external appearance is all that matters. No, we're talking about the restoration of all these like things that have become disparate and broken, uh, coming home to ourselves, being at peace with ourselves. Uh, you know, the great commandment is to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, so there is that idea that like being comfortable with myself. So, ask the Lord to come and help restore these uh, ruptures. You know, this animosity, this hatred that you might feel. Uh, restoration and reconciliation is what's so important. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, I forget the, the paragraph, but Jesus came to restore creation to the purity of its origins. Think about that when you know when you realize, like, I got to get up off my bed here and get working here. I got to move. I got to do something different. I got to watch what I eat. Why? Because Jesus came to restore you to the purity of your origins. And it's for the it's for your flourishing. Okay, so don't 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 hate, don't be an animosity, but come back to peace and communion and reconciliation so you can flourish. Every time, Rachel, I, I make the effort to go out and I try to walk every day at least a mile, which is not a lot, I just do where I'm getting there. But every time I get into it and start moving, and the heart rate starts going up a little bit and the fresh air is coming in, I start smiling. Like I just instantly have this like cheeseburger smile like woohoo this is great I'm so glad I did this you know I'm so glad I did this because I I feel burdens lifting I feel clear thoughts coming in resolutions of things coming in I'm not staring at a screen anymore or answering emails or working I'm just walking we've unfortunately run out of time but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.